Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Creative Exponent Podcast. And today we're going to talk about the just the progression of an in-home studio or creative yeah. workspace. Maybe it's a whole room for you. Maybe it's a, you know, just a little corner of a room or a closet, yeah. whatever it a is. A table. Um, yeah, whatever you have. And I've worked in like all of those. I, yeah. you know, had a 2,500 square foot studio. You had, how big was your whole... Thing. I think uh, in the end, it had gotten up to almost 4,000 by the time we finished the back out, um, but yeah. it was a big old place. Mercy. So we've both worked in outside of our homes in very large studio yeah. spaces, and but then we've also worked in our homes yeah. in smaller spaces. I've worked just like on the kitchen counter with like yeah. totes and bags and stuff that I kind of carry around mm-hmm. from, from room to room. Uh, so we've we've worked in all sorts of ways um, in our homes and in our creative spaces, and we thought we would talk about just we've gotten a lot of questions about yeah our, our studio spaces and just kind of oh Shauna's ruining the recording. I know with her phone ringing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, it's done Rude. now. Yeah. Rude. Rude. <laughs> No, um, anyway, but the, you know, this is life. We, our phones ring. That's right. Our phones do ring when they're not supposed to. They do. <laughs> I had a, I had an email ding last, last week. It just, oh, I yeah. forgot to mute my computer, but anyway, so we're going to talk about studio spaces and creative spaces, workspaces, and just the, the evolution that happens with them. Cause I don't, I don't know. I have never, ever had a space where I set it up and then it's just like, that's it. It's right. done. It's perfect. It's always this like, okay, we got to move. No. Like there, there's needs to be an overhaul or tweaking, or we need to like move things around because of light, because of how I'm actually working versus how mm-hmm. I thought I would work. Um, also just how the space, I think with creative space, there's so much about like how the space feels yes. that I think is important. Like, is it feeling right or not? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. And you just recently did like a big swap and everything. So you're yeah. kind of right in the middle of that figuring out. I am. I am. And I feel, you know, I, I do think it's important to note no matter what size space you're working in, you know, it really just is this evolution and slow progression. And, you know, and I think to be in different phases of your life, even if I, you know, even if you have a space, it may just be that you're not able to be in it that often or, you know, whatever. Um, so I do think there just kind of needs to be this approach to how can you make creative space in your home work for you instead of you trying to figure out the perfect setup in the beginning. And that is always just going to be a slow evolution, you know, because your needs are going to change, whether it's creatively and artistically or it's life. Um, There was a a time when I went upstairs, if I worked at home, I went in the old house, went upstairs every day to work in my office, which was sort of a hybrid office and studio, but it was a big enough space. Um, You know, everything had a dedicated spot. I loved it. Uh, But then there was a phase in my life where I just felt like, 
my kids just needed my presence. I needed to be with them. And, you know, and really even that translated in, you know, after uh, quarantine, because it just, it just felt like I didn't want to be holed up in my office all day. And so, you know, I wound up moving and being at the dining room table. Uh, And so the end of the dining room table was just my corner of the world. You know, I hardly ever went into the office and shut the door. So, and then we just moved in November or end of October. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I'm, transitioning it all. And I think that good design, not that this is a design podcast, but we've both done quite a bit of that ourselves. So we'll say this, good design is slow and it does evolve. And that is sort of the downside of like the nature of, um, you know, all the design blogs and we've both, you know, made a living doing it, all the room makeovers in a day, you know, those things are beautiful but it really is a home really does have to evolve, you know, as you, as you move in it, as you sleep in it, as you eat in it, as you create in it. So uh, it's just one of those things that our studios are the same way. You know, we just have to get in them and then see what we need. And I'm in the middle of it. I've got stuff all over the floor right now in the corner because I need to find some dang bookcases. <laughs> Right, (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know that I needed them when we moved in, you know, but I know now I got to have a place where the doors can be closed or at least part of them can be closed so that big things can be stored and then supplies can be out where I can see them. But I need more than this one little bookshelf I've got in here. It's not cutting it. So that's how it goes. You just kind of have to give yourself permission to not have a 24 hour, you know, room makeover. Just yeah. let it evolve, you know, I think is the first thing for sure. Yeah. And I think to admit when things aren't working or when yeah. there's a need that needs to be addressed. And I've had that come up quite a bit that um, my studio can be a little tricky and there's what's going to be the most um, conducive to work and then what's also going to look good in photographs yeah. since I photograph my home for yeah. the blog, for yeah. uh, my book, for all sorts of things. Yeah. I need it to be photogenic, but it yeah. also has to be functional. So there, yeah. it's kind of this fine line of Jeff's always like, he's Mr. Function. It's yeah. like, it just needs to function. That's it. Yeah. And I'm like, it can, it can do both. It can be this really cool, beautiful antique thing and be really functional yeah. too, or it can have this yes. really great style and great look, photograph well and mm-hmm. be functional. But there are some things that are very difficult to find like that. Like a really good desk chair is yeah. like the, the vintage style, <laughs> super comfortable, um, great for posture and all yeah. that. <laughs> great on your joints. It's just elusive. Yeah. I just couldn't. I I no. finally broke down and just bought like an actual office chair that yeah. is you know pretty. Yeah, more much more modern. It's yeah. not my yeah. thing, but uh, I just was like hobbling out of these pretty little chairs. <laughs> I'm gonna have to using. do that too. My back is killing me so, as we yeah. speak. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always like a. There's this balance, and and I think there have been several times through my uh, through my studio evolution where I had to make some pretty big changes. Like yeah. When I initially moved here, I thought, okay, I need a blank wall to take photos on for mm-hmm. photographing furniture makeovers and mm-hmm. photographing, you know, whatever. And and as I've 
used my studio as I've gotten into more artistic mediums. I really didn't, I really yeah. didn't need that. I wasn't yeah. doing as much furniture. I didn't need a dedicated blank wall, wall yeah. for, for photos. Yeah. So, so I have my drafting table there now and it's on sliders yeah. so I can slide it out of the way if ever I need to take photos there, but yeah. it's not this, you know, wall that can't be touched. Um, and yeah. I also learned that I needed some I basically needed closets because yeah. I needed storage for bulky lighting gear that was just spread yeah. all over the house in yeah. the garage in the basement. Yeah. I didn't really have a good handle on where everything was, mm-hmm. so we built we built out this little uh kind of a beadboard closet that we can yeah. um and that gave me a ton of storage and now I'm able to have all of my you know creative and business gear all yeah. in one in one room. Yeah. But it took it took time to kind of realize those to figure needs. that out. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I realized most recently is I needed more flat work surface. I was always working mm-hmm. on like these little like random yeah. little flat surfaces Spots. that I could find and I would have stuff all scattered all over them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need I have a desk in here, but this is where I do my podcast recording yeah. and and writing and stuff like that. And I kind of needed another desk where I could keep yeah. all my um, painting and drawing yeah. stuff. It's work with supplies that wouldn't necessarily work on a sloped, a sloped drafting table. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, but I'm still refining it. I'm yeah. still like, I don't know, maybe this could be better. Maybe yeah. I could use the space better than I, yeah. than I am now. Yeah. No. And I just think that's part of it. I mean, we moved in and I had already decided, so you walk in our front door, it's a small foyer, it's not a big foyer, but you walk in the front door and on your left, it's open, is the dining room uh, that moves kind of into this little, let's call it air quotes, butler's pantry. It's really just a small hallway for, you can put your coffee maker there. <laughs> it's just very tiny, but it moves straight into that. So of course it makes sense for that to be a dining room. Um, and then right directly across from it on your right, when you walk in the front door is the office. And in my mind, I thought this is going to be the office and the dining room is going to be the studio. It's big. It's open. Uh, I just felt like I could move in it easier and create in it easier. And I never used it (laughs) so far. I've not used (laughs) it. I mean, it's just been this like... I don't know. There's not really a dedicated seat in there. I don't love to paint at an easel if I'm painting something small. I don't want to clip, you know, a five by seven sheet of paper to a board and put it on the easel. I would rather sit down, you know, at my desk with my glass palette and paint. So I just realized, and the lighting, you know, I had to be here long enough to figure out the lighting. The lighting in the, well, now the office uh, is just not good if there's one window and while that's fine by about 11 30 a.m that's it like it just starts getting darker and darker and darker and I was used to this skylights over my head honestly it was like a photographer's you know studio in my old house so I had all that white you know bouncing around and so it was really bright in there all day long and it just I can't shoot, you know, and the thing is about the nature of like how we share photos on the creative exponent and the same thing for my own work. If I'm shooting paint or painting or supplies, 
I do have days where I'll do a big photo shoot, but I tend to work on the fly too. So if I'm shooting or if I'm painting, I want to video it. And then I want to take pictures of it right after I'm done while I've got piles of paint around me. And, you know, and it's, it's all kind of happening naturally. So that's got to happen in some decent light, you know. So now I have swapped. Plus, I will say this, just for those of you who are interested in it from a design point of view, I think... For me, it felt off that the first thing you could see when you walked in the home was my creative, I I know this may sound funny, but my creative space, it felt a little like everybody's not supposed to see all that. Like that's (laughs) that's my space, you know, and it just felt, even though there was, you know, organization in it, it felt unorganized, it felt cluttery. So visually it bothered me, but not only that, it just didn't feel right for it to be out, uh, right in the open. And there was nothing in the space to ground it. So now I've moved a crazy modern weird desk in there from the beach that, uh, at my parents' place, and I've moved a desk in there and a dresser in there. It's still makeshift. It's not what I want long-term. I'd love a kind of like a long office console sort of thing for behind the desk, And but now there's a rug in there, a chair, and it's sort of now both spaces are hybrid office studios, but the one that's yeah. more out in the open is uh, has less art supplies out sitting out everywhere. It still holds my big antique workbench, and but it's not the thing you see right when you walk in the house. I don't know, just lots of those little changes that, that I'm figuring out. Um, you know, I need, like I said, I need some bookshelves in here, so we're on the hunt for that, and I may just break down and get some dang Ikea bookcases <laughs> because I'm <laughs> sick of looking and I'm sick of clutter. And I think that's probably one of the main takeaways for you is be patient and allow it to evolve because it will, and you'll figure out what you need along the way. But I would say to prioritize what gets in your way of doing, you know? So mm-hmm. Don't be so worried about having the most beautiful desk if the desk you've got you're able to do. But if you can't get anything done because you're tripping over stuff, you know, attack that stuff first. You know, attack the problems that sort of get in the way of you creating. So for me right now, storage is a problem. Now, it's all right. I've got it shoved to a side for a little bit of time, but um, it will eventually hinder me because there's stuff in my way, literally. So, um, you know, I think those are the things you kind of have to have to attack first. And, and then, and then you get to do even more pretty fun stuff, you know, Uh, you got to make it functional. Um, And hopefully pretty too, as you go, but it is, man, it just takes time. And I think a year and a half from now, I'll need different things the same way you're saying, you know, different spaces. They just, um, they keep evolving and changing. So they just do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I think patience is a big, a big part of it. I I agree with Shauna that if there's anything that's preventing you from working, it's just getting in the way it's not, um, it's distracting, then that's what you should deal with first because, um, how a creative space feels is so important. If you go in there now, some people like to be surrounded by piles of stuff like that's what really kind of having everything right there is very, Mm -hmm. um, 
creative and stimulating for them. Yeah. For other people, like for me, if things are too messy, mm-hmm. it's distracting. I feel like yeah. I've got to clean up first. So I try to keep my my space mm-hmm. fairly tidy, but I also kind of am... Uh, I love having stuff out and accessible so I don't forget about it. Yeah, yeah. But I also then don't like too much stuff out because yeah. then it's like cluttery. Yeah. So it's kind of this this fine line of, okay, and I go through phases. Sometimes I want like everything out and then other yeah. times I want everything away. away. I don't, I don't yeah. want it all out. So, yeah. um, so I think pay attention to that, that when you sit down to work, what feels good, what's working, and then what is distracting and kind of pay attention to that about yourself. Cause I think that can ultimately help you to have a better, more functional workspace. Um, Cause yeah, if your workspace is distracting, it's, it's just not going to work. It's going to, it doesn't serve its purpose, which is to be there to serve you creatively. And if it's not doing that, then that something needs needs to to shift. Yeah. 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 I think that we do, we just kind of have to, the same, you know, it really is in the rest of our homes, but we kind of have to pay attention to how, like you said, how we work and how we, um, how we view it. So for me, I mean, this is something small, but I find that it makes a huge difference. So because the office, which now has turned into, like I said, sort of this hybrid, uh, I still sit here and type, but I can sit and type and write in my other space too. Um, so I've found that since I've added the desk in the other room and, and made that kind of meshing <laughs> of the two that I'm painting in here, podcasting in here and writing in the other room a lot more. So, um, but for me, because you can see this smaller office right on your right when you walk in the front door, I see that wall before I see anything else because my eyes just naturally head to the right a little bit. And obviously I see straight ahead, you know, into the living room. But I now have a bookshelf on that wall and and I'll replace it with probably more, you know, longer. We need more bookshelves. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll be it'll be a little bit bigger. You know, it'll span the length of the wall. But the point is, is that stuff. It's really all my, a lot of my design books, not all of them, but a lot of them and, um, you know, different, just different creative things that mean something to me. Like, I know this is small and silly, but I have a, my little pony that Andrew gave me for Christmas on my bookshelf yeah. um, because that was one of my favorites when I was a little girl and he found it. And it's anyway, he's just a cool human. So stuff like that, picture of my kids, those things feel because of the way it's styled when I walk in the home, I see that, and that feels like a design moment. It's tidy, it's pretty, uh, it's visually stimulating. It kind of shows some of my personality. When I'm coming, though, from the living room and the kitchen, what I see tucked in the corner is my art table. You know, I have a desk over there with, you know, those file kind of drawers, you know, on one side um, and another set on the other side. And, you know, that's what I see. So I've got shelves hanging above the desk that have art supplies displayed. Um, it's my little art corner, you know, because it's right over yeah. there near the window. And that encourages my creative play. But it's tucked away. I can't see that mess because not every time, you know, is it going to be like right now in the middle of painting, you know, 30 paintings the last couple of weeks, I'm not putting it all away um, every night. So it's nice because it's tucked away. And I think once you identify sort of your, what bugs you 
and what you love, what stimulates you and what bothers you. That's the two, probably the two biggest things, you know, because then you can determine, okay, what do I need in here to kind of stimulate my creativity and what do I need to get rid of or add that really makes it functional? Um, And when you do that, then it's just a matter of budget and time and, you know, finding the right stuff. So uh, it's, it makes it a little bit simpler and a little less overwhelming. We should do some fun, creative studio. Well, that's, uh, we should do that. We should, you know, let people send us their houses and talk about it and share, you know, share some tips for their studios. That'd be fun. That would be, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. We were, we were saying last time we need to put these on video and if we did that, then we could probably, you know, have you guys submit pictures and share this kind of show the pictures and stuff so you can see what we're talking about if you wanted to reference it. But yeah, I, I think that, so a space definitely it's an evolution. And I think that if you go into a creative space with that recognition, then it's not as you don't feel so much pressure to get it perfect right away. Yes. Um, and and then it's okay to to backtrack or to realize, oh, this piece that I bought really doesn't doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. I need to buy something else, uh, sell that, buy something else, swap it out. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to kind of do an audit of your space regularly. Maybe it's once a year or twice yeah. a year, where you really do look at everything and say, okay, what's working? Where do I need more storage? Mm-hmm. Where do I have, maybe do I have a piece that's empty? I just love the look yeah. of it, but it doesn't fit anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. see. So I used to, and I know Shauna did too. We both used to buy and sell antiques and yeah. we always love finding those really special mm-hmm. cabinets yeah. and, uh, things that have all these little tiny cubbies in it and all yeah. these little drawers are just so fun. But I found that they were a difficult thing to sell because yeah. you have to do just the right thing to be able For to that. fit into all those little drawers, yeah. like a map cabinet. Like you have yeah. to have tons and tons of flat things that you need to store That's right. for that to work and be functional for you. These little like jewelry and watch cabinets, you have mm-hmm. to have teeny tiny little pieces. Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes, especially if you're someone who really loves antiques, you'll buy a piece because you absolutely love it. I know. I almost it did it a couple home. weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you get it home and you can't fit any of your stuff in it. And right. so it becomes this like monument to a bad decision. Yes. <laughs> looks really yes, cool it's really pretty <laughs> yeah. yeah but it doesn't function at all and I think like when that happens like it's okay that happens sure. and then just it's time to backtrack and find a you know sell that piece yeah. to someone who does work with little itty bitty things or lots of flat things or whatever yeah. might be the case and and buy something that's going to be much more functional for you. I, I actually get asked about the large antique cabinet that's in my studio yeah. quite a lot. And oh, it's one it's of my favorites too... of all time. <laughs> really? It's, so <laughs> it's one beautiful. of my favorites too. But what's so interesting about it is it's actually two separate pieces that were bought yeah. uh, over a thousand miles apart, mm-hmm. both off of Craigslist. Yeah. One is a hardware counter that came out of a hardware store in Maryland mm-hmm. that I bought off of Craigslist. Yeah. And then the other one is the top of a bookcase from a school in Minnesota. Yeah. And I had them stored. I had them separately. One was in my office. One was in my uh, my studio. And I realized... Yeah. 
that it just the little bookcase didn't work in my office. It wasn't big enough. It didn't fill the space right because it was only the top half of a hutch. It was too short. It just wasn't right. And I kind of had this thought of like, I wonder if I could sit it on top of that hardware cabinet. Mm -hmm. Like, what would that do? Would that work? Would it look weird? And I just had this kind of gut feeling that it would work. And and it It did. did. It It ended up looking really cool. It gave me much better storage in my studio and it also gave me better storage in my office I got uh, an actual like hutch that has a base with cabinetry so I could put you know things that I don't want out and on display in there and it ended up being much better use of the space so I think you can studios are a great place to kind of think outside of the box a little bit and try some of those things that might be a little weird but they'll they'll work really well um you just never know what's going to work. So I think be willing no. to experiment, be willing to um, do an overhaul if mm-hmm. needed, and um, and then to kind of take that regular audit to go through yeah. your space and see what's working, what's not. Yeah. I think it's that's also a good time to just kind of clean out your supplies if you tend to... Yeah like me, like to buy supplies and test them out. And then you realize, eh, I don't love this as much as I love some of my other supplies. Yeah. Um, to just, to pass those along to other artists who might be able to use them. And it's a good time to clean and organize as well when you're doing that audit. Yeah. Just be patient, be patient, let it evolve, let it come to you. Um, and you know, and, and pay attention, like we said, pay attention to your, what really works for you, what, kind of energizes you and what really gets in the way and it'll, it'll come together and then you'll have it for six months and then it'll be time to change it because yeah. you'll and then need you'll something feel that, different. Like, you feel <laughs> yeah. that shiftiness again, yep. like, Ooh, I don't know yep. if this is working. I'm now that That's I'm into right. this, I'm not sure. That's um, right. The, the thing, I think the biggest thing that I would want to stress, and I think Shauna would agree with this is that If you do any sort of creative work, anything at all, whether it's just for a hobby, a business, um, it's your like time to unwind, it's your therapy, like whatever it is, it's worth having a dedicated space for it. And I think except with the very extreme circumstances, Mm -hmm. like you're in this teeny tiny little home that has, you know, with six people living in it and there's Mm -hmm. absolutely not a spare corner at all. I think in most cases we can just claim a little space. Yeah. Claim a a corner of the guest room, maybe using the dining room that's only used a couple times a year. Yeah. Um, Even converting just a closet or I actually, I worked out in my basement for a long time and it was not a finished basement. It was an unfinished 1940s basement. So it was not this like awesome space to work in. It was concrete (laughs) and, you know, an exposed ceiling and all of that stuff. But but it was fine. I, you know, it was cool yeah. in the summer and it was what I had. I could put a heater down there in the winter and, and that's what I worked out of. So I think yeah. wherever you can kind of claim a space, it's just worth it. Just don't, it's not a selfish thing. I think no. it's a part of self-care. It's a part of yeah. heart care to to have that dedicated space yeah. where you're able to go and, and do whatever it is that you do. Do that's your right. creative thing. Yep. You yeah. deserve it. You deserve a little slice of your home. Yep. Yep. Even if it's just, if it's a whole room, great. Yeah. With a door. 
That's right. <laughs> even better. <laughs> yes. But if it's not, that's okay. It can be just a little, yeah. you know, a little corner. Yeah. So um, today's creative contraption is, this is mainly for people who are getting into painting. Yeah. But I absolutely love Arches oil paper. Me so too. this is, oh, it's, it's paper that's meant for oil painting. Yeah. You don't have to put gesso on it or anything. And what I love about it is it's very, um, it's very, it's a very dry surface. Yeah. So it really clings to the paint mm -hmm. as you're applying it. And I used to paint and I still do paint on boards when mm -hmm. I get to eight by 10 or larger, but I just love doing these little four by sixes and it five is by fun. sevens yeah. on this Arches oil paper that I just tape a mat around them yep. and they're, you know, they're quick and easy. They look really pretty. They do look really pretty. I've always painted paint. on canvas or canvas boards until I decided, well, I bought, I think, a pad maybe of arches the first time, maybe, I don't know, eight months ago or so. And and I thought, I need to do that for, I actually bought it so that when I would sell a painting, I just included a small little color study or whatever on the paper. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why I originally bought it. But then once I started playing a little bit this year, every day or every other, depending on uh, before, before I started that challenge, um, you know, then I started painting on it because I was just like, I need, if I'm going to actually release a few collections this year, I need at least some of them to feel really easy for me to ship, yeah. you know, and for it to, I can package an order beautifully, but it's easy, it's affordable, um, you know, that kind of thing. And so I started, and then once I started doing the the painting challenge, I only, you know, I only painted on those. And uh, man, they are beautiful, and it is easy, and I love the way the paint um the paint holds onto the paper. I just, and plus I'm not a huge, like I don't tone my canvas, you know, I'm kind of a rule breaker. So, um, I mean, I have some, but not, not often. And so I like that. I like just getting straight to it, you know, painting right on the paper. Yep. Um, so anyway, I think they're really, really beautiful and it's so thick. It's such good paper. Yeah. Gosh, it's good. You paper. don't get any, the oil doesn't bleed through at all. No. Like it's kind of a, it's kind of a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I use it, I'm like, I don't know how this works, I know. but it does. It doesn't, the oil doesn't leach through mm -mm. it. It is archival paper, mm -hmm. so it's going to, you know, it's going to be, it's going to stand up to the oil. The oil yeah. is not going to corrode it over time. Yeah. Um, but I, I find it's really fun. And then if you sell paintings, it's wonderful because you can, or or if you give them away or whatever, yeah. um, you can pop them in a rigid envelope, yeah. like a photo, yeah. a photo mailer, yeah. and it just makes it easy. so easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I love the look of them and stuff. And, and I do, I agree with you on the, you know, getting right to painting because I do tone my canvas yeah. boards and canvases when yeah. I'm painting on them and usually do an underpainting. But mm -hmm. with these, I just, they're just quick. Just play, and, yeah. Um, and I, I just find they're really fun. I can crank out two or three in, yeah. A, yeah. in a sitting. And yeah. so anyway, it's great. If you do any kind of oil painting or you want to get into Oh, and it, they have watercolor um, paper. I mean, they have all kinds of papers. Oh, yeah, yeah. arches. Yep. They're known for their watercolor paper, mm -hmm. but um, I don't think as many people know about the oil paper because yeah, I, I get a lot so. of questions about it when I'm painting on yeah. um, Instagram. Like, well, do you gesso the paper first yep. and how do you keep, you know, yeah. and it's because it's made for 
it's made for oil. Yeah. I've actually found a few other papers that I really love that I'll have to share yeah. as well as yeah. a creative contraption. But this one, I knew you used it as well. Oh, yeah. So I thought I this would it. be a fun one to share. So Love it, love it. So th- there you go. It's Arches, A-R-C-H-E-S. Yes. And you can find it at any art supply store. Yeah. Just look it up online. Definitely at Blick and at yeah. other places. So Yes, it's a good one. All right, well, next time we're going to talk about, um, this is a listener request, actually, but we're going to talk about creating in short, short, hold on. (laughs) In short bursts of time. (laughs) Yeah, she just asked, like, because we talk a lot about just in our, you know, in our captions that, you know, we do, we have to create in sometimes very compressed amounts of time. And and really it was because I was sharing that I was painting every day or writing, one of the two. And so I was trying, even if it was just five minutes of me doing a quick color study in a sketchbook or, you know, trying some new colors I haven't tried in a while, you know, whatever, um, just to creatively play every day in those two ways, whether it be writing or painting. And she asked, you know, I just feel like that's a little overwhelming to start and stop. I feel like I'll get out of my groove. You know, how do you set up, you know, I guess set yourself up for success in in yeah. creating that way. So we wanted to answer her question and talk about it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's such a good topic because most of us, we've talked about this before, like most of us just don't have, we're not women Hours. of leisure yeah. where we have like all day to just, we have somebody cooking and cleaning yeah. and doing dinner. We have, you know, people helping our kids with homework and yeah. we can just do whatever we want all the time. Like most of us have work outside of our creative yeah. work. We have, um, you know, cooking and yeah. house cleaning and you spending time stuff, with our family and right. all of that stuff. So while sometimes we might have these large pockets of time mm-hmm. for creating, a lot of times it has to just be in little 30 minute increments. Yeah. And so yeah, I think it'll be a good topic. So we'll talk about that next time yes. and we hope you'll join us. Thank you for listening to the Creative Exponent podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker's Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like The Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.